Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Trying to return to our normal Bible study that we were doing. Last time we had read Exodus chapter 21. At the end of Exodus chapter 21, there were various laws being given out here in this chapter about personal injuries and things. And uh, here at the end, um, God said, or if it is known that the ox, speaking about people's responsibility for their animals, or if it is known that the ox was previously in the habit of goring and its owner has not kept it confined, he must make restitution of ox for ox and the dead animal shall be his. This is just some practical laws and rules about how we should interact with one another, and how we are responsible for our animals in this case. And that was in Exodus chapter 21. Now we're ready to read Exodus chapter 22. I am reading in the Amplified Bible, and there's going to be more uh, various laws like this that we're going to go over. Okay, And you can see that these laws are the basis for a lot of our laws. If a man steals an ox or sheep, and kills or sells it, he shall make restitution of five oxen for an ox, or four sheep for a sheep. If a thief is caught breaking in after dark, and is struck by the owner so that he dies, there shall be no blood guilt for him. But if the sun has risen, there will be blood guilt for him. The thief, if he lives, must make full restitution. If he has nothing, then he shall be sold as a slave to make restitution for his theft. If the animal that he stole is found alive in his possession, whether it is ox or donkey or sheep, he shall pay double for it. If a man causes a field or vineyard to be grazed bare or lets his livestock loose so that it grazes in another man's field, he shall make restitution from the best of his own field and the best of his own vineyard. If fire breaks out and spreads to thorn bushes, so that the stacked grain or standing grain or the field is consumed, he who started the fire shall make full restitution. If a man gives his neighbor money or other goods to keep for him while he is away, and it is stolen from the neighbor's house, then if the thief is caught, he shall pay double for it. If the thief is not caught, the owner of the house shall appear before the judges, who act in God's name, to determine whether or not he had stolen his neighbor's goods. For every offense involving property, whether it concerns ox, donkey, sheep, clothing, or any piece of lost property, which another identifies as his, the case of both parties shall come before the judges, who act in God's name. Whomever the judges pronounce guilty shall pay double to his neighbor. So you notice here there's just simple laws, simple rules, and you're going to pay back if you're, you know, if you're caught, if you're thieving or stealing from someone, you're going to pay back, it looks like, at least double. If a man gives his neighbor a donkey or an ox or a sheep or any other animal to keep for him, and it dies or is injured or taken away while no one is looking, 
then an oath before the Lord shall be made by the two of them that he has not taken his neighbor's property. And the owner of it shall accept his word and not require him to make restitution. But if it is actually stolen from him when in his care, he shall make restitution to its owner. If it is torn to pieces by some predator or by accident, let him bring the mangled carcass as evidence. He shall not make restitution for what was torn to pieces. And if a man borrows an animal from his neighbor and it gets injured or dies while its owner is not with it, the borrower shall make full restitution. But if the owner is with it when the damage is done, the borrower shall not make restitution. If it was hired, the damage is included in the price of its fee. So this is again simple, basic law and, and structure of an idea of uh, uh, compensating someone when they should be, when they are uh, damaged through negligence or you know something like that, but then not punishing someone when they did not you know have any negligence or they did not do anything. Uh, wrong or what uh, dishonest. If a man seduces a virgin who is not betrothed and lies with her, he must pay a dowry, a marriage price, for her to be his wife. If her father absolutely refuses to give her to him, he must still pay money equivalent to the dowry of virgins. And that's because back in those days, I, I expect that uh, it would be a lot harder for her to be wed after that. You shall not allow a woman who practices sorcery to live. Whoever lies with an animal must be put to death. He who sacrifices to any god other than to the Lord alone shall be put under a ban designated for destruction. Now this says in parentheses, execution. You shall not wrong a stranger or oppress him, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall not harm or oppress any widow or fatherless child. If you harm or oppress them in any way, and they cry at all to me for help, I will most certainly hear their cry, and my wrath shall be kindled and burn. I will kill you with the sword, and your wives shall become widows, and your children fatherless. So this is another case of, you know, we should really love our neighbor and be kind to others. We should not, you know, oppress strangers or treat strangers or foreigners wrongly. We should, you know, on the contrary, we should really treat them with love and kindness. We should not oppress the widow or the orphan or fatherless child. Again, on, on the opposite side, we should really treat them kindly and nicely. And here, God is telling them what will happen if they treat them wrong. They treat them incorrectly if they oppress them. And it's something to be aware of. It's, it goes back to, the reason I say this is it goes back to the rule of you reap what you sow. So if you're treating people wrongly and incorrectly, then you will also end up being treated wrongly and incorrectly or in a bad way. 
So it does, that law does work, and it always works in everything. If you lend money to any one of my people with you who is poor, you shall not act as a creditor, professional money lender, to him. You shall not charge him interest. If you ever take your poor neighbor's robe and pledge, you must return it to him before sunset, for that is his only covering. It is his clothing for his body, in what shall he sleep? And when he cries to me for help, I will hear him, for I am compassionate and gracious. So here again, we're being told how to treat the poor. And this is at a very minimum level. This is not even some of the things we're going to read later where God is much more clear about being kind and helping the poor. This is just some basic look. Be nice to the poor. Do not charge them interest and you know, if you take something from them as, like he said, as a pledge, so that would be kind of like collateral, you know, give it back to them. They need it. They really need it. They're, that's all they have. And notice, I will hear him, for I am compassionate and gracious. And that is, that's God speaking. You shall not curse God, nor curse the ruler of your people, since he administers God's law. Now, this is a little hard, not because you shall not curse God. That's easy. I, I don't, we don't want to curse God. But he says, nor curse the ruler of your people. Now, I know that for us, and I'm taught speaking to us Americans, okay, <laughs> us of the United States, sometimes we find it very hard to treat our ruler, our president, with the correct amount of respect. That should be due to that office. Now, even if we disagree with the man in office, even if we don't necessarily like that person's morals or, or politics, we should respect the office of the president and we should respect the person in it. They are acting in that capacity, representing us. We should act appropriately toward them even when they're out of line and they don't act appropriately. I'm going to tell you, as a Christian, it is always our duty to make sure we act appropriately and that we do things correctly, no matter how others do. That's just the way it is. We are always to act correctly and do things the right way. And it does not matter what the other person does. If they are acting incorrectly or badly, that's on them. We can't control that. So, and that applies to the president, Congress, and I know I complain about politicians. I do. And I'll tell you, we have to be careful. We walk a fine line. It's okay to be critical. It's okay to critique, but we should do so with respect and uh, with a certain amount of uh, wariness that we don't want to go crossing that line where it comes off like we're cursing them or or being you know extremely um, antagonistic no we want to be logical we want to be critical but in a in a good positive way not in a not in a super negative way if we're there critiquing and offering solutions that's great um, but when we just get into the name calling and get into the mudslinging and all that then then we've lost it we've lost our 
uh, moral authority. We've lost everything at that point, and and you basically just become a part of the the world's noise. And honestly, most of us tend to ignore that noise. So, just just saying. So we want to be careful that we're not cursing the rulers or the leaders of our people, our country, our states. You shall not delay the offering from your harvest and your vintage. You shall give, consecrate, dedicate to me the firstborn of your sons. You shall do the same with your oxen and with your sheep. It shall be with its mother for seven days. On the eighth day you shall give it as an offering to me. You shall be holy men to me. Therefore you shall not eat meat from any animal that has been torn to pieces by predators in the field. You shall throw it to the dogs. So if something has been torn about, torn apart by predators, you should not eat it. You should throw it to the dogs. So this is probably a prohibition due to some health concerns, if you think about it, like maybe if an animal was rabid or something else and it attacked another animal and then you come along and eat that animal, it could very well pass something to you. And I throw out rabies as an option, but there could be other options. Um, so just be aware of that. But also, he says, you shall be holy men to me. That means we should be separate and apart from the world in the sense that we, while we live here and we are in this world, we do not follow, what would you call it? You do not follow, we do not follow the immorality of the world. We follow God's morality, even though we are here with everyone else. We follow God's example and we dedicate ourselves to him and we keep ourselves separate from those other things in the world that would would basically be ungodly, would make us impure. Basically, we stay away from sin and we follow God. That's the very extreme basic idea. That's how we keep ourselves holy to God. So that is the end of Exodus 22. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and watch over you. And remember, God loves you.